Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Cowboys and cowgirls. Today there's only room for one sheriff in town, and that is the NRL Weekend Rap Podcast for round 13. Of course, I mean, it's the current round, no mu- not much point wrapping around that's either already been or is yet to come. Round 13, the Weekend Rap. What's in store for today's podcast? I'm going to open, as usual, with the performance highlights from across the round. Then I'll give some thoughts on all five games. Of course, it was an origin buy round, uh, so only five games, but still, usually that would be four, so I'll take five for sure. Still a healthy amount of fixtures, uh, so I'll talk a bit about each of the games. Nothing too crazy, of course. I still have a state of origin preview to get into. That's going to be a separate podcast. I feel it's better to, you know, focus all my energy on the NRL stuff in one podcast and have the origin in standalone content, just to make it the most listener-friendly. So the Origin preview is going to come out tomorrow on Tuesday, probably in the evening, so I apologize. Not a ton of time for people to be able to listen to it, but it won't be too long. So yeah, if you want to check that out, that will be coming out Tuesday evening. And the best way to know when the podcast comes out is to either follow us on your preferred platform. You'll be able to see whenever new pods drop. Or you can simply follow us over on our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. So we're going to get into performance highlights, some quick thoughts on the games. I'll finish today's podcast with a ladder watch. Of course, there were some buys. Uh, I'm not going to crunch the numbers as far as the ladder. We're just going to go. I'm going to start from 17th and work up because because it's the end of the podcast. I don't want to work down and end on a negative. So that's kind of my thought process there. So I'll just have a look at the ladder, 1 to 17, where's everything at right now? But of course, so much fluctuation still to come. So it won't be a total breakdown of the ladder, more so just where's everyone sitting as we now head into the state of origin period? Well, it's already begun. Of course, two bits of news as well that I wanted to touch on before we get into everything. Latrell Mitchell, with some calf troubles, he has withdrawn from the New South Wales Blues. So that was a huge breaking news. I believe it broke today. If it broke yesterday, well, I was living under a rock. But Latrell Mitchell is out. Huge as well that Campbell Graham, not part of the squad. Although with a sternum injury, it's not something you want to risk. Uh, so that's going to see Stephen Crichton come into the side. Uh, I think Stephen still yet to have that breakout game at origin level. But he is shown time and time again that on the biggest stages, in the most high pressure of games, Stephen Crichton, not, not only does he stand up, he actually is responsible a lot of the time for coming up with match-winning clutch plays. So Stephen Crichton in, obviously Latrell Mitchell is a major out. I'll speak more about that during the Origin Preview podcast, uh, but huge breaking news, Trell out, Stephen Crichton in. And finally, before I jump into everything, Corey Haruera Naira, an unfortunate incident over the weekend, seemingly an unprompted 
seizure. He has spoken. Raiders have released uh, a video of Corey. And I won't touch on that when I get to the Rabbitohs Raiders game. Look, all the players shielding Corey so that he didn't, you know, that, I mean, if that was on TV and there was a close-up of him having a seizure, people are going to be videoing that, and it's cruel, but people will be videoing that on, like, Snapchat, all sorts of things. People these days are cruel enough to, like, make memes and shit. Now, I don't think the rugby league community would have done that, uh, but credit to the players for all just, you know, guarding around Corey so that he could have that moment uh, just, you know, without all of these people watching. So we'll wait and see for updates on Corey's health, but out of respect to the situation, I'm not going to talk about it anymore other than just saying, yeah, glad to see Corey seems to be okay and interested to see how it plays out. Of course, Raiders, my second team. I've been a fan of Corey Harawera Naira ever since he was playing in the Penrith under 20s. Very, very talented player. And yeah, all the best to Corey. Hopefully his family as well holding up would have been a pretty pretty stressful situation. But what's not going to be stressful is jumping in uh, to today's podcast. I mean that respectfully, no disrespect, or to make light of the last situation. Just trying to make a segue here. Uh, but we are now going to jump into the podcast. And where else do we start but the performance highlights from round 13? As always, you can find these performance highlights. You know where to find them if you've listened to the podcast before. I post these performance highlights on my Instagram. Social media is not real, but these performance highlights are real and they're over on our Instagram at not just a sports report. But let's just get straight into them. Today I feel like with Origin coming up, we can make today a nice breezy podcast. I'll try to keep it light on the tangents. Player of the round, I went Joseph Tarpanay. There were actually a few players in contention. Cody Walker, Greg Marsu, even some other Raiders like Corey Horsburgh and Josh Papali'i. Uh, but in the end, I went Joseph Tarpanay. He made an absolute metric shit ton of tackles, which played a huge part in getting Canberra a big win, potentially their biggest of the season outside the Broncos one. And Joseph Tarpanay running for over 200 meters and playing lock forward. So he really stepped up. I feel like when he's been playing lock forward for the Kiwis and a couple of times for the Raiders, the general consensus is that he's definitely better just playing as a front rower. Uh, but the game that Joseph Tarpanay had here in the number 13 was just phenomenal. And I couldn't go past him. I thought, yeah, Cody Walker had a great game. But most weeks, it's a... It's a halves player or a fullback. And Greg Marzu almost got it on the wing, but I just thought, Joseph Tarpanay, it's time for the player of the round to honour someone who really got amongst it in the middle of the park. So Joseph Tarpanay, player of the round, and that ties into my moment of the round. Raiders respond. Raiders coming back with an ultimate response. They had their winning streak ended in brutal fashion against the Seagulls last weekend. And whilst Souths did have some key outs uh, for the Raiders to hang in there during that game, of course, everything that went down uh, with Harawera Naira, considering that there was still 15 minutes to play, it was a massive lift from the Raiders. Their experienced guys stood up, their forward pack absolutely dominated, and young Albert Hopawate, 
continuing to develop in leaps and bounds. Now, when he was at the Seagulls, I had huge raps on Albert Hopawate. I was actually quite surprised that it took him so long to break in to the Raiders' first team. But now that he's here, I mean, look at Nick Kotrich having to play off the bench. I think Albert Hopawate, he could be a massive part of the Raiders' long-term future. And moment of the round, South Sydney, who up until last weekend, they were the form team of the competition. So it was a massive game. And Raiders, to win, and to win their way they did, I just thought it was remarkable. That was the moment that I enjoyed the most. Our team of the round. I'll go through this one quite quickly. Maybe I'll just say position, name, and why I put them in team of the round. Our fullback, I went Scott Drinkwater. Despite Cowboys losing, uh, he was super creative, kept them in the game with a couple of try assists, a try himself, and he was just all over the park. He really couldn't have done much more to try and get the Cowboys the win. Scott Drinkwater, fullback in Team of the Week. On the wings, Greg Marziu, absolutely dominant display up against the Seagulls. And not just that, but when you consider where the Knights are at this season, and I spoke as well in the preview podcast, considering they had a draw and it was a two-game series, the winner of this, their finals chances, would be boosted significantly, although still an uphill battle, while the losers would take a big hit. Uh, So for the Knights, that is actually a statement of intent for their season going forward. And Greg Marziu, despite being on the wing, I thought he was front and centre. 11 tackle breaks for the big man and a hat-trick just could not be stopped. Greg Marziu, team of the week. Albert Hopawate, also with a hat-trick. I think we're just starting to see. We're only really scratching the surface is the best way I can put it, with Albert Hopawate. Keep an eye out for this kid long-term. Huge fan. He's in the team of the week. In the centres, I went Will Penasini. Uh, I just thought he was on against North Queensland. And Jared Croker. So good to be naming him in my team of the round. At 299 games young in his career. Now, there's news that Jared Croker going to be we- uh, wested. I guess you could say that. He's going to be wested against the Tigers. I think you can see how I got that mix up. Uh, but that, that works. Fuck it. And they're going to bring him back in the next Canberra home game so that Jared Croker can play his 300th in Canberra. I love that. Love it. As I said at the start of the pod, Raid is my second team. Jared Croker, unbelievable. I think he's going to be the second player to have played 300 games at the Raiders after Jason Croker. Funnily enough. Uh, So yeah, Jared, just such a stalwart of the team. And I can't wait in a couple of weeks' time on the preview podcast to really delve in to Jared Croker's 300th. And he's still playing well. He's in the team of the round. In the halves. Well, these two used to play together. Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. Cody, unlucky not to be player of the round. But yeah, I'm just the kind of guy who enjoys shenanigans of if it team loses compared to a team winning, I like to favor the winning team. Not always fair because a lot of the time, you know, Cody Walker literally couldn't have done anything more to get South Sydney over the line. Uh, But yeah, I went with Joseph Tarpanay because Raiders won. So Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds in the halves. How good was Adam Reynolds? I don't want to talk about it as a Warriors fan. Uh, But from a neutral standpoint, that is exactly why 
they got Adam Reynolds to the club, missing key personnel, missing some of their best and brightest stars, and Reynolds just steered the ship perfectly to a massive win for the Broncos' season. Another guy who played in that game, he's in my front row, Adam Fanua Blake, team of the round, Jeremy Marshall King at hooker, Josh Papali'i, Big Papa, the mullet's back too. I might have missed when he brought it back, but I remember at some stage he got rid of the mullet. The mullet's back in full effect, and would you look at that? I mean, it somehow coincides with Josh Papali'i back to his world-class best. In the back row, Kirk Capewell, super unlucky not to be playing this Wednesday night, uh, but his experience was vital in that Warriors game. Corey Horsburgh in the back row, super creative, scored a try, helped to lay on another, and just continues to state his claims as to why he should be in the origin mix. And I went Joseph Tarpanay, player of the round, in the lock Ford jersey. So that's the team of the round. Talking point, I went with the baby Broncos winning in New Zealand. Now, of course, so much talk about, oh, well, the Broncos, they play most of their games this year at Suncorp Stadium. Huge advantage, kind of. Um, but yeah, they just traveled over to New Zealand, missing mo- pretty much all their best guys. Had to rely on youngsters like Dean Mariner, Brendan Piakura, Xavier Willison, and they got the job done. They got the job done. So that, as far as Kevin Walters coaching, and as far as the Broncos prospects, that doesn't immediately lock them in as premiership contenders, but that's a huge win. If they lose that, then it's going to still be a talking point of like, oh, what's going to happen during the finals if Broncos have to play away from home? Well, they just showed they're they're more than capable. They didn't just play out of their state. They played outside the country and performed like that, missing their best stars. So that was the talking point. Baby Broncos, crazy good performance. For Tough Stuff, my nomination, usually one player. I've gone with three here in the Raiders Ford pack. I just found it too hard to separate them. Josh Papali'i, Joseph Tarpanay, and Corey Horsburgh. That was tough stuff on the weekend. And it got Canberra a massive win for their season uh, in the bigger picture. My Rising Star nomination, uh, I hate to blow my own trumpet, but pre-season when I did the One to Watch series, one young player from each club to keep an eye on, well, this Rising Star nomination... He was my one to watch from the Brisbane Broncos, Dean Mariner. Played on the wing, I believe he scored a double, and was just in unreal form. Now, he is the one, I think next year, once Herbie Farnworth leaves, either Dean Mariner plays left centre, or they're going to move Cobbo into the centres, and Mariner will play on the right wing, where he did in this game. So he's been nominated for the Rising Star of course, going to be voted on at the end of the season. But this one's more of a long-term prospect. I think from next year on, we're going to start to see a lot of Dean Mariner. Cause for concern, uh, some things never change. Dragons, they are now solely on the bottom of the ladder. Cowboys have more points than them. Tigers have more points than them. Everyone has more points than the Dragons. A Dragons organization And this is not being critical of the players or anything. This is more the organization. Uh, But this team gave up before the season even began. And they're sitting last. No one else has given up. Not even the Tigers, despite what they've been through. Not even the Cowboys, after getting pumped 
by the aforementioned Tigers, but the Dragons organization, before anything had even played out, they gave up. So, yeah, Jason Riles is on the way, but my cause for concern, the Dragons. Now, like top eight already looks beyond them, barely halfway into the season, and now they can start thinking about Wooden Spoon, whilst everyone else, even the Cowboys, even the Tigers, they're still looking upward to try and, you know, either make a run for the eight or at least, you know, significantly climb the ladder. Dragon's organization already gave up and here they are 17th place. What a surprise. Knocking on the door, a reserve grade player who could be every chance of breaking into the NRL. He's knocking on the door with some steady performances, Josh Rogers. He's a young half in the Brisbane Broncos system. Now we know Ezra Mam, Adam Reynolds, and then Jock Madden. That seems to be Broncos rotation, but Josh Rogers, over the last few years at the Burley Bears, I had been playing great football. He's moved over to Wynnum Manly this year. Uh, I believe he's playing at Wynnum Manly. <laughs> Don't fact check me, fairly sure. Uh, but he's a talented young half, got some time for the Broncos in the preseason. And should we see one or two injuries, suspensions, in the Brisbane ranks, Josh Rogers could very well be the next man up. So he's knocking on the door, gonna have to wait for an opportunity to present itself, but keep an eye out for Josh Rogers. Those were the performance highlights. Booyah, I've got through those nice and quickly. Now it's time to get amongst the action from round 13. Round 13 kicked off with the newest franchise in the NRL continuing to exceed our expectations. 26-12 over the Dragons. Dolphins, they just continue to get it done. Uh, highly impressed by that performance. Game 100, I believe, for Jermaine Azarko, who scored a double. And to see how Azarko has struggled over the last few years, an ill-fated attempt to be the Broncos' fullback, and just never really recaptured that form that he had on the wing at the Broncos under who else but Wayne Bennett. We see Bennett bring Jermaine over to the Dolphins. Certainly very little fanfare about the signing. People might have not even had him in their best 17. So Jermaine Azarko, got to give credit where it's due, the way he has turned around his football under Wayne Bennett. He's now one of the form wingers of this competition. In fact, one of the form players of this competition. And for the first ever season of the Dolphins, there are a lot of players that are front and center and really establish them, uh, establishing themselves as much loved players for the Dolphins fan base. But Azarko has taken his game to an elite level. And I tell you what, he must be one of the fan favorites in Redcliffe. The other shout out I wanted to give is to the halves. Isaiah Katoa has not put a foot wrong. First season in the NRL. Last year, I think he even played Union for a bit, club rugby, because the Panthers knew he was going to the Dolphins. Uh, so they weren't playing him or developing him as much as they would have if he was staying. So Isaiah Katoa steps into the NRL and just, yeah, hasn't put a foot wrong. No doubt this is the future of the Dolphins and the future and, of course, current of the NRL. So the halves for the Dolphins doing a huge job. No Sean O'Sullivan at the moment, but Anthony Milford playing his best game so far 
in dolphins, dolphins, who the fuck are they? In dolphins colors, Anthony Milford. Now what's scary is if Wayne Bennett can get Anthony Milford back to even close to his best, look at where the dolphins are already. And that's been without Milford's contribution for the most part. So if Anthony Milford starts to really lift his form like he did in this game, it's a scary thought for oppositions. Now Dolphins find themselves still right in the top 8 mix, not just in the 8 mix, in the top 4 mix, even in the minor premiership race. So there's still so many crazy moments and twists and turns to come in this season. But the Dolphins, every step of the way, they continue to show that they're up for the fight. They've got the Warriors next. My beloved Warriors, we're gonna go into our uh, old school heritage jersey, so very keen for that. And it's gonna be a fun game to watch. I think the way these sides match up makes for a huge contest. Dolphins win that, and they really start to cement themselves as a top eight outfit, whilst Warriors were fighting to regain momentum. As far as the Dragons in this game, already kind of spoken about the organization the organization the board they all gave up before the season started so players trying their best but the constant theme here is that there's no unity they're not moving in unison toward one goal board aren't even united the coach is now gone they've got an interim coach they've got someone else coming in you've got ben hunt the star player what's his future You've got Jaden Sullivan, a young half on the rise. What's his future? Plenty going on at the Dragons. Not a lot of it. Good. So that's why they were my cause for concern. And next up, they got the Panthers away from home. Now that'll be coming off Origin. So Dragons still a chance, no doubt. But it doesn't get any easier for the team at the foot of the ladder. Final summary from this game. Dolphins, at least on quality of performance and body of work so far this season, they're a finals outfit. The thing is, it's so competitive and there's still a lot to go down. Uh, so they might end up missing the top eight, but just on their body of work up to this point, they deserve to be playing finals. As for the Dragons, well, from what the board decided to do, the club basically gets what it deserves right now, sitting dead last. They gave up on the season, so it's no surprise to see them here. Huge win for the Dolphins though. And now, let's move forward to the Friday night game. Personally, not a ton to say about this game. Eels keep their season alive. Much needed win uh, to really start to build some momentum. Parramatta 24, Cowboys 16. A solid all-around display from the Eels, whilst Kyle Felt continues his try-scoring ways uh, up against Parramatta. I'll just look at the top-performing players. Not going to look at any of the errors or anything like that. Uh, most tackles, Reese Robson, 55. Most run meters, King Gutho, 266. And, yeah, the halves had a great game. Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown. I don't have tons to say about it, to be honest. Parramatta did what they really needed to do, and they've shown that they haven't given up hope on season 2023. North Queensland put up a strong fight, but with some key outs as well, they just didn't have the strike power to get it done. Impressive debuts 
From Zach Labert and Robert Derby, though, uh, that they could be a big part of the future for the Cowboys. Uh, but let me quickly talk about Parramatta. In the preview podcast, I spoke about how we are now smack bang in phase two of the competition. Eels, super, super frustrating. A lot of close losses in the first third of the season. But now that we're in phase two, they've just beaten the Rabbitohs. Now they've beaten a lower side in the Cowboys. Consistency is key. There is no more important stage for Parramatta than right now. Because if we come out of origin into phase three of the competition and Eels continue to be inconsistent, well, they're not even going to be relevant by that time. So this is the portion of the season where Parramatta cannot let themselves down. And in this game, they got it done. So, yeah, I cannot put enough emphasis on how crucial this stage is for Parramatta. And what's good for them, their 17 is really starting to click. Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses have runs on the board. Josh Hodgson and Brendan Hands, that combination is starting to really gel. Uh, You've got King Gutho at the back. Will Penasini in the centres, continuing to develop strongly. Sean Russell doing the same. Bailey Simonson giving a pretty decent account of himself in the centres. You've got Sivo. Unfortunately for Para, Joe Offahengawi, the newest signing, copping an injury during this game. But Wira McGreig has stepped up and Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paolo, out of this game. Uh, So for Parramatta, we can all look at their roster and still confidently say they are in with a shot of playing finals. I don't think they're a premiership contender at all, but they're starting to get the wins on the board, and they have to, because they already have left themselves with a bit of ground to cover, and if they lose even a couple of times, boom, all of a sudden, the top eight starts to slip out of your reach. So Eels, what they had to do was win here. I spoke about that in the preview podcast. They did exactly that. So they've passed this assignment in front of them, but now this is only where the real challenges begin. So Eels, they cannot get complacent. They need another couple of wins. And preferably, they need to start getting them in the next month or so and really climbing up the ladder at a rapid pace. They can't be the Parramatta Eels that we know, having a couple of phenomenal performances and then backing it up with a lackluster one. Eels, they basically just need to be firing on all cylinders. So they passed their assignment here. That is two consecutive wins. Can they make it three straight? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But great win for the Eels. Cowboys showing a lot more fight than they did in that Tigers loss. But they continue... Like last year, one of the most surprising teams in the competition, 2020-23, they're not surprising us with excellence. They're surprising us with a massive decline down the ladder. So Cowboys, I don't think top eight this year is in their future, but there's still a lot of ways it can go. We're going to see some of these younger guys get a chance. And for Cowboys, well, they are running out of time even faster than the Eels are. Big win for Para, but now we are going to move on to the Super Saturday action. Up next are some bunker shenanigans, not that it defined the game, some silly refereeing, 
surprise, surprise. Uh, but ultimately, a huge statement win. And unfortunately, not for my beloved Warriors, although they came very close. But this contest belonged to the Brisbane Broncos, 26-22 to 22 winners, doing so without Reese Walsh, Salwyn Cobber, Tom Flegler, Patrick Carrigan. I mean, just across the park, the names that they were missing, Payne Haas. They come over to New Zealand, the baby Broncos, against as full strength as it could be, the Warriors outfit. Brisbane just too good. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, there were some interesting calls with the referees. They very well may have been the right ones. To be honest, I'd had a couple of drinks by the time uh, Marcelo Montoya scored that last try. And yeah, it probably was a no try. But just all the bunker shenanigans. I'm not here to talk about that. So biggest takeaway from the game, Brisbane well and truly earned that one. Warriors leaving their run are just too late. And now, unfortunately, in a game where we could have leveled up with the Broncos on competition points, uh, we now surrender a bit of a lead. So promising start to the season. Warriors, though, they need to lift to that next gear uh, because teams like the Broncos are showing they can do so. Now, a double to Dean Mariner, my rising star nomination for this game. And yeah, I just think that could be a season-defining win from the Broncos. I really do believe that. Now, obviously, missing some star players, but to go to New Zealand with a baby Broncos outfit to get the two competition points, well, I'll tell you how important that is. They lose, then they're level with the Warriors on competition points. Other teams begin to overtake them. Now, Broncos have actually regained the top spot on the ladder. So you can't tell me for this young outfit to head to New Zealand and get the win against a full-strength New Zealand outfit. I mean, it's massive. Broncos now leading the race yet again. Although, unlike the start of the competition, there are plenty of sides right behind them willing to take that top spot if they slip up. Most credit, look, I'm going to give some here to Kevin Walters to coach the side the way he has this year and to just rally the troops for this contest in New Zealand. Massive shout out to Kevin Walters. It was a big test that he needed to pass and he passed it with flying colours, and that mostly thanks to Adam Reynolds. I thought Reynolds and Mam in the halves, uh, they just outclassed this Warriors team. Now, I was super excited to see Luke Metcalf in action for the Warriors. Didn't have his best game, uh, but of course, plenty of football in front of him. But as a Warriors fan, really untimely loss. And I said I expected to win, given the outs for Brisbane. So it is a disappointing and untimely loss. I'm interested to see how we respond against the Dolphins. But yeah, the game just simply belonged to the Broncos. Some fresh faces in there as well. Tristan Saylor, son of a Broncos legend in Wendell. Uh, we also had Dean Mariner, my one to watch. Keenan Palacia has been involved in first grade, uh, but he really took that added responsibility and ran with it in this game, as did Corey Jensen, uh, Xavier Willison, and Brendan Piakura on the bench. So for the Broncos, now they also know that if they face a couple of injuries throughout the year, they have guys outside their best 17 who are more than capable of stepping up. So that is just a massive win for the Broncos. I really can't understate that. 
They are now back on top of the competition, whilst the Warriors, pains me to say, but we're losing ground. We're losing ground. Only one win against the Bulldogs. This loss, of course, against the Bronx. We've had a bye in there. We lost three straight games against top teams in this competition. We've now lost to the Broncos. I think it's a bit of a reality check uh, telling this Warriors team that as things stand, yes, we've made a heap of improvements, but the goal should be top eight. And right now we look like we may just fall short of the mark. So we've got some guys to come back, but over this next month or so, Warriors, they cannot afford to lose more ground. They have to start lifting, especially given that we have a full-strength team throughout this Origin period, something that a lot of teams, they don't have. So Warriors need to step it up, uh, but as far as who stepped it up in round 13, it was the Brisbane Broncos. I am sad, so we shall move on to the Saturday night game. In the penultimate game of round 13, Saturday night at a core stadium, it was the Canberra Raiders lifting to that next level and getting back in the winner's column against a South Sydney side that were attempting to do the same, but without key personnel and despite an absolutely masterful outing from Cody Walker, South Sydney now with back-to-back losses. And what we are learning about this competition is that wins and losses, especially in a bundle, say two or three wins in a row, or two or three losses, they matter more than ever. So South Sydney have now gone from the side leading the way in this competition to a couple of minor setbacks. Now South Sydney, there is no doubt they are still premiership contenders. A decent run home, a bye round, right before the final series. South Sydney, still most definitely a factor in the premiership race, but this one belonged to my dark horses of 2023, and I still believe that. I've said it time and time again. At their best, the Canberra Raiders can compete and defeat any side in this competition. And yes, South Sydney, without Jai Arrow, Cameron Murray, Campbell Graham, Luttrell Mitchell, uh, but for Canberra, still to get this one done, it, it was a huge effort. They looked like they were going to lose when Damian Cook scored with about 12 minutes to go, but then in the 73rd minute, Albert Hopawate completes his hat-trick, and on the back of a huge showing from their forward pack, a huge showing from their young winger, and a great performance from their halves, Canberra Raiders, is that now five wins in their last six, or four in their, some shit like that, I believe. Uh, So yeah, Canberra just quietly continuing to play nicely. Now last weekend, seemingly an anomaly, they were well below par against the Seagulls, and they can't afford too many repeat efforts like that. But Canberra Raiders, they were my call going into this year of a team that no one had as premiership contenders that I had as a genuine dark horse. A team come the finals who may just shock and surprise a couple of teams along the way. Canberra Raiders, exactly where are they at heading into the game at Campbelltown next weekend versus the Tigers? They could be a top four side. They could be in the lower part of the eight. They could still miss out altogether. 
That is the beauty of this season. But they've just beaten the Rabbitohs. I, look, I put a huge, huge emphasis as well on the return of Zach Wolford, funnily enough. Didn't steal the show by any means, but he didn't play last weekend in that loss. He wasn't playing at the start of the year when the Raiders were very average. In fact, he wasn't playing at the start of last year when they were very average. Funnily enough, Zach Wolford was playing when they went on a huge run at the end of the year. So Zach Wolford has had to fight for his spot, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the Raiders' best form seems to be parallel with when Zach Wolford, I don't think parallel is the right word there, uh, but with when Zach Wolford is in the side. So look, Daniel Levi, an international player, but I believe Zach Wolford and Tom Starling, that's the best combination. Now, Emre Gula was enormous off the bench. Uh, Pasami Solo was huge. I've already mentioned the others who had a massive stint. But Emre Gula, honestly, I reckon he could be like a Tevita Pangai Jr., Daniel Saifiti type that gets named for origin when people aren't really expecting it. If Emre Gula can continue to develop, he is a junior New South Wales Blues player. And he's always had potential, but it seems like Emre Gula starting to put all the right pieces together. And I don't think he'll play Origin this year, but going forward, I still think Emre Gula has got his best football in front of him. So can the Raiders get this massive win for their season? For the Rabbitohs, they fall short and they're going to have to respond fairly quickly. Uh, but when I look at the Canberra Raiders, I just scratch my head. I still can't quite tell. Is this a premiership contender or is this a side that are fooling us all? Right now, I have them as my dark horse. I think they're underrated. I think a lot of teams around the competition, are, they're more focused on your Penriths, your Melbourne Storms, your South Sydney Rabbitohs and the like. I think Canberra just quietly to steal a little quote from Des Hasler, they're flying under the radar. Now, how long is that going to be? Because if Canberra continue to play this way, then the talk, uh, the hype, the adoration is going to start coming their way. And I am interested to see how they will handle that. But at the moment, they are well and truly flying under the radar. They've just beaten South Sydney. And now they set themselves for a real big push in this next month or so to solidify themselves in that finals mix. My theme are through this origin period and second phase of the competition. I've said it before, the cream will rise to the top. Now Canberra, what I like about them, I think from one, one to 17, rather than being a team of superstars, they're a superstar team. I love the way that the pack combines, the halves starting to get some runs on the board uh, as a tandem. The backline, not just the guys in the NRL, but also some of these young guys pressing for a spot. Very exciting backline. And Canberra, given they're my second team, I'm starting to get very excited. It's consistency that has been the worry and close losses in recent years. But you must, you must say, you've got to give it to them. They're starting to build a very consistent pace. Only one loss in the last number of weeks and some really decent wins, including a win over the Broncos and a win this past weekend against South Sydney. How far can the Raiders go? We are going to have to wait and see. 
Rabbitohs, despite the loss, they're still going to be a factor come September, but plenty of football still ahead of us. So why not get amongst the final game of round 13? Round 13 ended with two sides that have the bye for round 14, uh, so a much needed rest in front of them. Knights 28, Seagulls 18. I think we kind of saw it playing out that way. No Cherry Evans, no Trebojevic brothers times three. Seagulls just depth for like quite a while now has been my issue with the Seagulls. They have some great players in their team, but yeah, as a collective 17 and the guys pushing up below, there's a lot of promise, guys like KO Weeks, but Seagulls just in terms of their top 30 for a side wanting to make a premiership push this year, there are some aspects, respectfully, uh, that leave a bit to be desired. Now, Newcastle, we don't give them a hope in hell of playing finals. I know I don't. But in terms of the bigger picture and their push for finals, this game was enormous for them. A hat-trick to Greg Marziu, and I just thought for Newcastle to get the win here, we see Ponga move to the back, Dane Gagai in the centres, shunned from the origin picture, and the halves, Tyson Gamble, Jackson Hastings. I thought both of them played a massive role in getting Newcastle the win here. And for the Knights, now in this two-game series against Manly, who, when you look at the ladder, are a team that they are in direct competition with for a spot in the eight. Mind you, both these sides sitting just outside the eight. So as far as this two-game series, it was huge. It really was huge. It couldn't have been understated. So Knights come away from this series with three competition points, Manly only one, something that could come into play at the end of the year when both of these sides are trying to get in to the final series. So Newcastle Knights, that is a huge win as far as the bigger picture for their season. As for how they build on that, well, that's going to be up to them. But now, both sides get the bye. So when you look at that, now they get three points from this series against Manly. They now have the bye. Five very valuable competition points. You take those five points away, Newcastle are right down toward the bottom uh, with the Cowboys, with the Dragons. But with this win, they've reignited their season. They've given their fan base a bit of a kickstart to get behind this outfit and really push for an unlikely final series. Now, I still don't have Knights playing in the top eight this year. Manly could go either way. They could make the eight. They could definitely miss out altogether. That's what made this such an important game for both clubs. Massive win for the Newcastle Knights. As far as their 2023, well, they've got the bye, but then coming into round 15, as we start to ease our way through Origin, rounds 15 to around 20, and then of course the run home to the finals, Newcastle Knights have kept themselves in the race. And I'm pretty intrigued to see if they can give it a red hot crack, could they surprise the entire rugby league world and play finals this year? They were my pick for the wooden spoon, and I tell you what, they are playing well above their weight, and if they continue to have Ponga and Gagai throughout this origin period, well, outside of Frizzell, they're pretty much full strength. So the Knights, 
a team that I had very low expectations for heading into this season, they continue to impress me. They show up, they fight in every single game, and look, if they can continue to play at their best, they can match it with a lot of the top teams. We saw that against the Penrith Panthers. So yeah, Newcastle, I still don't have them in my top eight. Maybe it's because I'm a hater, but I'll tell you what, they're right in the race. And you'd have to say after this two-game series, maybe they're more or closer, not more closer, that's not even English, maybe they're closer to finals this year than the Sea Eagles, who I think if you took 100 rugby league fans off the street and you asked, who do you reckon's more likely to play finals? Probably about 80, 90 of them would say Manly. As things stand, looking at the road ahead, Newcastle Knights, maybe we should get be getting more excited about their season more so than the Manly Seagulls who just seem like they're a bit too heavily reliant on superstars at the top end of their cap but they don't seem to have a complete top 30. Very promising youngsters in their team, some good experienced heads but there's just something about the Seagulls I feel like is it an entire top 30 that is just holding them back from being premiership contenders. All they are is one Tom Trebojevic, one Jake Trebojevic, one Daily Cherry Evans injury away, and their season could be up in smoke. So for Manly, still definitely time, but this loss, coupled with the draw in Mudgee against Newcastle, it certainly puts their finals hopes in a bit of jeopardy. Very exciting to see how these two sides uh, can pick up where they left off after the bye, Seagulls now, well, they really have to get going, and they're still going to have the challenges of no Gerbo, no Turbo, and no Cherry Evans throughout Origin. Of course, Jake Trebojevic not playing Origin, but he is injured for around the length of the series. So Manly, now we're really going to see what the underbelly of this side is made of. These guys, right below their absolute top-tier players, they're going to have to take on more responsibility than ever. And I believe in the Seagulls outfit. They still, they could go on a big run. Look at the Eels, who were shit as for the first part of this year, starting to get on a bit of a run. Manly Seagulls, they could, like, they are definitely one of those teams that could go either way completely. They could go five straight wins and all of a sudden be flirting with the top four, or they could go five straight losses and their season could totally capitulate. So it is a major wait and see for the Manly Seagulls. I don't know if there's any side in this competition where there's a bigger gap between their best and their worst. At their best, top four, absolutely. Minor premiership calculations. At their worst, bottom five of the competition, and it really can go either way. How does Anthony Seabold and the team respond to this loss? We're going to have to wait until round 15. Whilst the Knights, two competition points here, another one for the draw, and now two for the bye next round. Well, let's see how Newcastle get going coming off the bye. Very exciting times in this NRL competition. Nothing more so than State of Origin. The series right around the corner. I can smell it from here, and it smells... Good, unlike the Dragons. It smells very good. It smells like a highly physical contest. 
We got some absolute madmen like your Pangai Juniors, your Tom Fleglers. You know that Jerome Luai, he's going to be in the mix as the new Origin villain. And of course, my preview for State of Origin Game 1 dropping tomorrow, Tuesday evening. So be sure to get amongst that. Uh, of course, I'll just focus solely on that game, given that I've gone through round 13 here. And of course, round 14 will be a separate podcast. So that's basically what's going on in the world of not just a sports report, but there is one last thing before we call it a day, and that is Ladder Watch. Let's check out from 17 all the way to the top of the ladder, where does this competition stand after 13 rounds? As always, Ladder Watch brought to you by nobody. No one. No one's sponsoring this segment. If anyone wants to swing some cash my way or some freebies, uh, you can sponsor Ladder Watch. Uh, the bar's low at the moment. You can send me some fucking lollies or something. Decent lollies. And yeah, your name can be all over this Ladder Watch. Uh, but let's get to it, shall we? Like I said, I don't want to finish this podcast on a negative. So we'll start from the bottom and work our way to the top. Big whoopsie as well. I said Broncos back on top of the ladder. Now that the buys have been calculated, they're third, but equal four, uh, equal first, sorry, with four teams. So Broncos technically still back on top. But let's start with the bottom, the Dragons. Look, look, I always think of Mad Dragons Vodcast. He's kind of endeared me to the Dragons. A team that I used to like, but like this version over the last decade or so, I haven't really cared much for. Uh, but Mad Dragons, now no longer mad about his team, but probably mad pissed off at the way his team are going. 17th place, they are solely on the bottom of the ladder, on their lonesome. Makes total sense, given no other organization gave up before the season even began. So Dragons, they deserve that one. 16th place, the Cowboys. That's about right for where things are at. They're on 10 points. So that's two points ahead of the Dragons. And outrageously, only two wins out of the top eight are the Cowboys. So yeah, Dragons really the only side right now where it's like, all right, you guys might need to start thinking about Wooden Spoon and trying to get away from that rather than trying to make the eight. Cowboys still in with a shot. What the hell? 10 points. West Tigers, 15 on the ladder. They're on 10 competition points. Now, Raiders on 16 competition points in 7th. If Tigers beat the Raiders, whoo, juicy underdog run could be on the cards. Tigers going up, up, up after that 66-point uh, amazing performance against the Cowboys a couple of weekends ago. 14th place, the Bulldogs. They are only one win outside of the top eight mix. Well done to the Bulldogs, given all the adversities they've faced this year. 13th place, Parramatta Eels. Just one win outside of the top eight. A side whose season was starting to slip away. Parramatta firmly in the frame once again. In 12th and 11th, Knights and Seagulls, both on 13 competition points. As I said, very curious going forward as to how both of those teams go. Now on 14 points, we have three sides. 8th, 9th, and 10th. Very happy that my beloved Warriors sit on 8th or in 8th. 
but Titans and Roosters, both on the exact same amount of competition points. The two losses that we had to the Roosters this year proving to be pretty costly. Uh, so Warriors, Titans and Roosters all competing over the next round uh, for a top eight spot. Raiders in seventh on 16 points. Dolphins in sixth, 16 points. Rabbitohs drop down to fifth, 16 competition points. Huge win for the Raiders there. And like I said, a lot of fluctuations to come over the course of this season. But let's finish off on a positive note. We have four teams equal on top spot. First place Panthers, well, they're all on 18 points. So you can just take that right now, that information, and I'll just give you the four. Here are our ladder leaders. The Penrith Panthers chasing the three-peat. The Cronulla Sharks, who, outside of Nico Hines, are not going to be affected over this origin period. The Brisbane Broncos, well, they are affected throughout this origin period. They just travelled to New Zealand and picked up a win that keeps them in the race for the minor premiership. That is why it was such a big victory. And off the bye, Melbourne Storm, putting some early season woes behind them. Melbourne, a team that right now, as it stands, we're really not holding them up in that top echelon of who are right in the mix for the Premiership, but they're sitting fourth. I mean, they're, they're a team as well that just quietly, despite being the Melbourne Storm, despite having Munster, Craig Bellamy, Melbourne for once in their bloody lives actually might just be flying under the radar themselves. So, look, I'm going to tell you something that we all know. This is the best competition in ages, unless you're a Dragons fan. As a Warriors fan, it's the first time we've done this, like something decent for a fucking a lot, since 2011, basically, respectfully. As a Raiders being my second team, well, they're giving great value. The Dolphins, the newest team, they are entertaining us all. The top teams continue to be the top teams outside of the Roosters, who I think they're going to go on a big run coming off this bye. The teams who have been our bottom dwellers over the last few years. The Knights, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, all showing signs that the future is actually very exciting and that maybe, just maybe, they could be playing finals as soon as this season. There are teams like the Parramatta Eels who are fighting for their season despite being last year's runners-up. Everything is going on in the competition right now. And we even have state of origin. Amongst all of this chaos, you also have to navigate the state of origin, period. It's mind-blowing. I'm all about it. It couldn't be a better season so far. And with this podcast done, well, there are plenty more to come, given the nature of how exciting things are at this current point right now in rugby league. Now, what's next, you ask? State of Origin, the preview podcast. I'll be putting my predictions out there as well for Game 1 in Adelaide. Uh, then on around Wednesday, expect the NRL Round 14 podcast. And then Thursday, it's a busy week. Very busy week. Around Thursday or Friday, expect the State of Origin review podcast. So, goodness gracious. Got to go to work as well. I got to enjoy some leisure time. And if I have to find time for all these podcasts. So basically, if you enjoyed today's pod, if you're loving 
the Not Just a Sports Report rugby league coverage, we've basically got a podcast every day this week coming out for you. Today, Monday, weekend wrap. Tomorrow, Tuesday, State of Origin preview. Wednesday, round 14 preview. On either Thursday or Friday, we have the State of Origin game one review. And then, of course, on Sunday, we've got the NRL weekend wrap for round 14. So you will not be starved for NRL content, State of Origin content, and even some UFC going to be doing a preview for this weekend's fight night. So given the nature of how many podcasts I've got to do, how much work is ahead of me, now time now feels like the right time to sign off on what was round 13 and look forward to this hectic week ahead of us. Fully hectic, bruh. We're jumping into it. I mean, we're jumping out of it. We're jumping out of this one and into the next. That'll be State of Origin, the preview podcast, out tomorrow night. Uh, but thank you for listening today. Much appreciated. As always, support means a lot. Enjoy the week ahead. It's going to be a big one. And most importantly, enjoy State of Origin this Wednesday night up the Queensland Maroons. Although, New South Wales Blues looking very, very formidable heading into this clash. Can Queensland start the series in style en route to -to back-to-back title wins? Or will the Blues finally start to click? They should have been having a dynasty of their own over the last few years, but they've been inconsistent. Some years they've been amazing. Some of the best teams we've seen put together. Other years they've really missed opportunities by letting, on paper, lesser Queensland sides take that Origin series away from them. So it sets us up beautifully. If you remember the actual three games of last year's series, it was as entertaining as footy got in 2022. So it sets us up superbly for this year's season. I cannot wait to get amongst it, but that's it for today. Let's look forward to State of Origin. Thanks for listening.